Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. I'm excited just to be talking about an upcoming tournament with you for this year. Take us through the timeline from your perspective of the event actually coming to be. And did you think at any point over the past couple of months, you know, that there was a chance that there wouldn't be a Travelers this year? So I would say this, that in the, what I've been here since uh, 05, so, you know, almost 15, 15 years, 16 tournaments, like, I mean, the thought of a tournament getting canceled is like, you just did, I mean, it happened once, maybe twice in like the 70 year history of the tour. You know, I mean, it's, it's, when you look at just the statistics of an event being canceled, it's so rare that like it just is not something you plan for, you know? And so when that happened in March with the players, when all of a sudden it was like, okay, an event is canceled. And like, that is the, you know, the beginning of, of what happened in the next four, it was like, you had to start looking at all those options, right? You had to start there all of a sudden going, okay, what if we are canceled? Like, what would that mean? And what would that mean financially? And what would that mean from a charitable standpoint? And what would that mean from, you know, our vendors and where are we in all of our contracts and, you know, volunteer recruitment and sponsors and looking at, you know, all those elements. And then it was like, there were probably five scenarios we started looking at. And I would say canceling being, you know, all the way to the extreme. And then it was kind of moving back backwards from those. Okay. What if it's limited hospitality? Okay. What if it's no hospitality and just fans. And okay, what if it's no fans and just pro-ams? Okay, what? If, and each one had a totally different scenario to it. So, I mean, we were forced very quickly to to look at that as a very real possibility, uh, you know, when, as soon as players canceled. In coming up with, with the, the way play has gone, have all these directives come from the PGA Tour? Has there been any flexibility in things you can and can't do? Um, how, how has that worked? So I guess how you could break it up would be from a competitive standpoint, obviously the tour controls, the tour controls that historically, right? I mean, they would just say, Hey, here's where we're doing the competition. Here's the pin settings. Here's the fairway height. Here's the rough height. Here's, you know, your playoff plan. Here's, you know, you know, all the different things about the competition. But when you layer this piece into it, it was, okay, how can we conduct this competition? And are there different regulations in each state? And, you know, do do the different state regulations potentially affect the competition? You know, what are the regulations about caddies and players and their proximity? You know, can you um, be in golf carts together? Can you be and like you start going through the actual competition, you know, can you rake a bunker? Can you do these things? And so the, the tour had to work with us, I would say, very individually to make sure they fully understood what was happening in each state to see if that would affect their competition. And so uh, we were more involved in the, I would say the inside the ropes piece than we are in a typical year, uh, just to make sure that they understood, you know, um, what would affect the competition. So, and then you kind of go outside of the competition. And then, I mean, the PGA tour, I would say lets us, you know, every event has their own personality, I would say. And, you know, the tour lets the events, kind of, you know, be who they're going to be outside the, outside the ropes, whether you're, you know, in, in Phoenix or the waste management and you do X, Y, and Z, or, or, you know, you're, uh, you know, at RBC Heritage down in Hilton Head and you do X, Y, and Z. So um, they let the tournaments be the tournaments, but this year there were definitely a lot more, I mean, safety guidelines they gave us. And what we're doing is like, we 
kind of overlaid our health and safety plan with the tour's health and safety plan to make sure that, you know, everybody's asking all the questions, you know, I mean, from volunteers to feeding people to hand sanitizing stations to hand washing stations to the difference between disinfecting and sterilizing and just cleaning and where that has to happen. And so, I mean, they got very involved um, to where we were all comfortable saying, okay, this is the plan that we're comfortable with and this is what we're going to execute. So it kind of crossed over. That's a, that's a long-winded answer to say it kind of crossed over this year where we got more involved in stuff inside the ropes. They got more involved in stuff outside the ropes. So I think everybody wanted to, wanted to do this the right way. How, how tough is it this year? You know, you know, fans are such a, a big part of the event. How tough is it going to be, you know, from your perspective to see an event this year w- without fans there? So, uh, this is this is kind of how I think about this, like, because I mean, in the beginning, we were talking like March, April, you know, kind of those first few months and weeks of kind of thinking through this. It's like, wait, how is this going to compare? And I was having trouble kind of reconciling going, OK, 2020 is going to you know look like 19 in this way, but then not look like it this way. And then I finally had to just kind of say, look, 2020 is going to be totally different in its own right, like to, for for this for this community for Connecticut to be able to be one of the first professional sports back i mean really kind of around the globe right i mean like i mean soccer started in a few places and things like that but i mean golf is really you know on this scale the first sport back at this level and to be a part of that and to do that like it i think we're going to be looked at totally in our own bubble when it comes to this like i don't think we're going to be compared to 19 18 17 I think that when we look at it this year, I think it's going to be like, okay, what we tried to do in this environment and to actually bring, you know, uh, professional live sports back, like we're going to be really proud of, of that story, you know, fans, no fans, you know, it's just, I feel like that's a different conversation. And I feel like if you compare 19 to 20, it's, it's kind of an apples to oranges situation where it will be different, but I think it'll be something that everybody will be very proud of and it'll be, It'll be something that uh, everybody will look back and say, okay, you know what? I mean, no, nobody thought that it was going to be like 19. It's going to kind of be special in its own right. How has it been recruiting players to come this year? Because I know you usually do a lot of on the ground at tournament uh, recruiting there. Uh, I know you've built up the contacts and, and can still do it that way. But how has it been recruiting players to come this year? So I, I would say that I think we're very fortunate that we've been around as long as we have, right? Like with travelers and, and Andy Bissett from travelers, he and I will, will go together on these recruiting trips, you know, to your point, two or three a year, go out, spend time with players, spend time with caddies, agents, families. I mean, recruiting is, I think we, we decided a few years ago, we said, recruiting is not the right word. I mean, really, I mean, you're just building relationships. I mean, you're getting to know the guys, you're getting to know the young guys, you're understanding the veterans and what they're, um, you know, what they want to do, you're understanding the families, you're understanding the caddies, the agents, the manufacturers, the equipment reps, like you're understanding what everybody needs. And then you want to build your tournament around what everybody needs. So uh, we've had, you know, 13 years, I think, of, of building these relationships to your point. It, I would say we, we leverage that this year. I mean, the fact that we haven't been out on the road, um, but still being able to stay in touch with guys, you know, whether it's text or, you know, uh, email or, you know, you know, making a comment on their Twitter account, whatever it is. I mean, just staying in touch with the guys. And uh, it has been, it has been fine. I mean, like we had, we we're very lucky. We had some, 
I mean, Rory committed really early. You know, I think it was like the end of last summer he committed. And then we had uh, a handful of other guys commit early. And then it just kind of started to build momentum. And then, and then their schedules just got turned upside down. And we had no idea what was going to happen, you know. But, I mean, Rory said, look, I, I'm, if you guys are having the tournament, I'm coming. So we knew we weren't going to get withdrawals on that side. And then, you know, the reputation of the golf course is one where the players do like it. And so when you start looking at that restart, we have been very fortunate that, you know, the guys look at our event and say, hey, we're going to come there and we're going to play there. And uh, I think we're going to end up with just a an amazing field this year. And, you know, it's guys that have been here before and, uh, you know, they, they know what to expect when it comes to the golf course and, and they're looking forward to it. But it's I think it's going to show up uh, pretty special on TV when you look at the field for this year. When we talk about this being now more of a, a made-for-TV event, what changes or areas can fans look forward to, to seeing when they're watching the tournament this year? So, so we were talking about this uh, the other day because th- that River Highlands is a it's a beautiful golf course, and and we try to build you know it's a stadium course, and so the crowds can fit on the hills, you know, and it just kind of looks it's a stadium. But when you we, you know we built the infrastructure kind of to fit into the landscape. But when you're at that course without the infrastructure and you can actually see through and see the lakes and you can see through on the sight lines on different things that normally you you can't see. I think the players are going to uh, notice. I think the fans on TV are going to notice that um, how how cool this piece of property is, especially the back nine when, when you see it and then 15 through 18. Um, how close these holes are to each other and you can, you know, see what happens to, to somebody right in front of you and, and things like that. So I think it's going to show up really, really well on TV. Um, like the fans have never seen it before. Have you guys talked with CBS or golf channel about any differences fans might see with the TV coverage this year? We have, I mean, a lot of discussions around graphics and, uh, the ways to incorporate things, um, you know, different ways the announcers are going to, uh, you know, talk about things that have happened in the past or how shots were played certain ways, you know, some of the um, uh, some of the online uh, coverage and what's going to be available there. So, yeah, we've been talking to uh, them quite a bit about, uh, you know, what they're going to do different in the broadcast. And um, I think it's going to be pretty cool what the fans are going to see on TV. So we're talking Monday here and we've got the uh, first event coming up this Thursday uh, back on the PGA Tour. Have you been collaborating with tournament directors at these first two events before Travelers? And are there things you're looking for in particular to see out of these first two events that, that could be of help to you as you plan uh, down the stretch here? Uh, absolutely. I think we are uh, we're very lucky in this industry to uh, everybody's so collaborative. I mean, tournaments don't look at each other as uh, I would say as threats. Um, we're not competitors. Like we, we all believe that, Hey, if we have an idea that can, you know, help another tournament, we're all going to get stronger. Or if we do something that we said, Oh my gosh, we wish we would have done it differently. Like we'll share those ideas out. And so it's a very, very collaborative group. So when stuff started happening in March, um, you know, and then in April and, and then we kind of looked at being, you know, these, these quote unquote return to golf events, these first four events. So you have Schwab and, uh, you know, Michael Toth, and then you have RBC with Steve Wilmot and myself. And then uh, with uh, Rocket, you know, Jason Langwald, the tournament directors, we started talking immediately, started email chains. Hey guys, let's stay connected, you know, calls at you know, late at night. Hey, can we all jump on a call? I have a question about this, you know, like, what are you guys doing about this? Hey, you know, here's what I did here. And it has been, um, 
I, I mean, I knew this was a good group because obviously we spend a lot of time together throughout the year at different events, but it just reinforces. I mean, we're so lucky in this game to, to be surrounded by so many good people and um, just the collaborative efforts uh, of those three other tournaments. I mean, we've benefited from it. You know, I think we've been able to benefit that. Like we're all just uh, working together and it's been we've been very lucky. Got a two part question here. What's been the biggest challenge about putting this year's tournament together? And, and then kind of on the flip side, what, what are you most looking forward to seeing out of this year's tournament? That might be something you're either doing for the first time or, or something that's been done differently this year. So challenge, I guess we start there. So challenge, I would say we have we've prided ourselves on uh, being an event that tried to ask all the questions like try to have all the contingency things in place, try to anticipate, um, you know, needs of people, uh, try to just try to think ahead. Right. I mean, whether it's player experiences, fan experiences, you know, corporate hospitality experiences, like we, we literally have, have built our reputation on trying to get ahead of that next question. You know, like if somebody says, Oh gosh, I wish there was a bathroom there. You know, they turn around and be like, oh, my gosh, there actually is. I didn't realize that, you know, but like, I mean, like, really, I mean, watching the video and where crowd flows and like when the big crowds come through and when to put more people at certain stations and, you know, what's the most popular food items and how to stock up more of those. And, you know, the players, I mean, trying to, you know, we, we keep track of birthdays of caddies and players and spouses and like what their favorite stuff to do is. And we, you know, I mean, we, we really pride ourselves on trying to anticipate kind of the next thing. This has been the biggest challenge I think for us has been, okay, we don't know what to anticipate. Like we have not seen this before. We've not done this before. Like it's put us in a position where we are having to, to ask all those questions going, okay, what could happen with this? What could happen with this? Let's go run through the five scenarios of what could happen when a player picks their car up at the airport. What could go wrong? What could go right? You know, how could it work? Like, how are we going to do this? And just in a totally different way than we've had to do it before, just with, you know, the health and safety is as top of mind. So I would say that's been one of the hardest things for us is because we typically will say, yep, let's do that. It's going to be the most hospitable thing we can do. And then it's like, well, we actually can't do that. You know, we can't drop we can't drop random gifts in players' rooms because they're going to say, well, was this sanitized? You touched it last, you know, <laughs> like all that type of stuff. So it's like the the normal anticipation and hospitality is, you know, it's been a little bit different to a um, to a health and safety as our priority. So I would say that's been one of the things that's been very uh, new for us this year. But uh, again, I think we'll I think we'll look back and be 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 proud of how we did it. Um, one thing that's, I I think you said either exciting or or surprised or, um, excited about. So it's no secret that we, you know, that the tournament gives its net proceeds to charity. You know, I mean, that, that's how PJ tour events for the most part are set up. And, you know, you, you, you sell this stuff, you have programs, you have tickets and, you know, whatever you make your net proceeds go to charity. So when we looked at this scenario with, no hospitality, no tickets, no proams, no merchandise, no food and beverage. I mean, one of the first things we thought was, wait a minute, like, how are we going to still generate money for charity? Like, let's think through, let's get creative, let's think through this, and I'll spare you all the conversations we had. But we went out to our sponsors, and we basically just were completely transparent with them to say, look, we, we don't have any inventory this year. We have no way for you to activate. You can't bring your people in. We can't entertain but you know the story of the tournament, you know the charities that benefit, 
if you would like to make a donation to those charities, you know, we can still do that. Or if, you know, if you'd like a refund, you know, we can do that as well. Like, let us know what you want to do. It has been so amazing to, to see our sponsors go, you know what, this is a hard year for everybody here. Take this as a donation, give it to the charities um, of the tournament. And we're still this year going to be able to make a significant donation to charity. And I had no idea what that was going to be. Like I said, you know, April, when we were officially confirmed, hey, you know, TV only, it was like, man, what are we going to be able to do for charity? And our sponsors have just said that our our charity message has always resonated. They know what we're about. They know what we stand for. And uh, they're still giving us donations to be able to support our charity. So I, I don't know exactly where it's going to end up, you know, but over the next couple of weeks, we're going to still be able to give a, a, a really significant number to charity. And that's been extremely very, very cool to be a part of that. That's great to hear. Is there a way, uh, and I, I can get you out of here on this one, for, for fans who might have been able to help contribute to, to what you guys donate via whether it's ticket sales or, or buying merchandise, is there a way for fans to get involved in terms of uh, supporting these charities that you guys support? Oh, 100%. There's uh, basically two ways to do it. I mean, you can make a straight donation. It's on our website. Um, and you can make a straight donation to tournament charities. Or you can do it through our Birdies for Charity program. I mean, there's like a hundred charities that uh, we support through our Birdies for Charity program. And basically, if you wanted to give, you know, ten dollars to a charity that's on that list that is registered for Birdies for Charity, we put as a tournament we put fifteen percent on top of that, so the charity would get your donation and a fifteen percent bonus from us uh, for being a part of the program. And so we have a sponsor who sponsored that bonus pool. So it's. Um, there's two, really two ways to do it, but it's all on there on the website that if, if fans want to do that, uh, they absolutely can. That's awesome. Nathan, I really appreciate the time and looking forward to seeing uh, what, what the tournament looks like this year on TV. Thanks again for coming on. Jared, thank you for giving me the time. Looking forward to uh, hopefully seeing you soon. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod the host at Jared Kotler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.